Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to episode 15 of the Southpaw Podcast for this week's episode titled God is a Family Man. And we are joined by my dear friend and special guest, Isaiah Henry. I think you're going to love this one. Let's jump in. On tuning in episode 15 of the Southpaw Podcast, I'm your host, Stanton Moore, and I'm without my co-host today, Hunter Hudgens, who is uh, not with us. Um, but we have a very special guest who is a dear friend and brother of mine um, that I am very, very honored to have on the Southpaw podcast today, Isaiah Henry. Isaiah, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast with us today, man. It's an honor to be here, Stanton. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Well, for those of you that may uh, may or may not know Isaiah, Isaiah um, and I, we connected at a place called The Ramp in Hamilton, Alabama. Um, as also I connected with Cole and Alex, both of have been previous guests on the Southpaw podcast, as well as Pastor Casey Doss. And so Isaiah and I also connected there at the ramp and, um, we kind of knew of each other, but in 2016, the ramp, um, was getting ready to launch a campus in, in England, in Manchester, England. And I had been invited up by uh, by Jacob, Pastor Jacob Peterson, actually. And I drove seven hours and didn't really know that many people. And Isaiah was there and we got on a van, hopped on a plane and went to England together and really just ended up developing a friendship that has lasted to this day. Five years later, here we are. And he's been in my home and has spent lots of time with my family. We've done ministry together. And uh, but, man, more, more importantly, and what is so near and dear to my heart is that, man, all of our conversations and time spent that we just spend time talking about life and just doing life together. And mm-hmm. um, and that that's what means so much to me. So I'm so appreciative for who he is. Uh, for the, And also also for those of you that may or may not know, Isaiah was serving at the ramp as the chosen pastor for a for a specific amount of time and then has recently transitioned to um, has transitioned back home to Indiana where they have their new little boy, him and his wife, Brooke. They have their new little boy, Dunamis, Dunamis Timothy Henry. And so he's going to be a fireball for Jesus Christ. And we're, I'm so excited. uh, In Jesus name. (laughs) In Jesus name for him to grow up, man. And, and for our and for our kids to grow up together. So anyway, we were just yeah. You need to get on that bandwagon, man. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, Isaiah, before we jump into this content, man, why don't you tell our listeners just about how you were awakened and just your your a little bit of your testimony. Take two or three minutes and just share that, and then because I believe you and I actually ended up at the you know going to the ramp and kind of having our first real encounter with God, kind of around the same time. So why don't you just share that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So it was like 2009, I think. uh, For me, I was 12 years old. My youth group took a trip down to the ramp, and I was saved at the time, of course. Grew up in church, all that stuff, but really just wasn't, wasn't like what you said, awakened really to who God was to the more of the Lord. And, you know, we, we packed up a van, went down to the ramp, and just got absolutely blasted as a 12 year old kid, just by the presence of the Lord and just what was, it was tangible in the room. And, and, you know, you've been there Stanton and you could just feel it. And the, the presence of the Lord is just so 
just tangible. And, and from really from that point on, there was just no turning back for me. It's just like I got ruined by the call of God and, and just, just the more of God really. And, and my story is much like any other teenage kid. It was an up and down roller coaster through my teenage high school years of battle with porn and, and just in and out of bad relationships and, and different things like that. But lo and behold, that, that fire that touched me when I was 12, never, never ceased and was always, you know, just the, the call of God and, and the love of the father was always just nipping at my heels to say, to say the least. And, and, you know, I found myself ended up going to ministry school, RSM in Hamilton, Alabama and in 2015 and really just, I, I don't even know how to explain it really just finally, finally just got consistency. I guess I got my footing about me and, uh, yeah, started getting consistent in the secret place. And really the Lord just began to break some things off of me of breaking off porn, breaking off lust, um, breaking off a big part of me. Another part of my testimony is just anger and, and frustration and, and condemnation and shame, you know, and that had been eating me up for the whole years of knowing what I should be doing and not doing it while I was, you know, in high school, knowing that there was more to my life than just going to church and, and, you know, doing the sin cycle throughout the week and then praying to God that it ends on Sunday morning. And really, I would say that that really broke. It wasn't, it didn't break because I went to ministry school. It didn't break because, you know, because I, I did the formula of A, B, and C of like, you know, this amount of time in the secret place, this many chapters in my Bible, um, you know, and, and that's what set me free. It wasn't any of that. I tried all that so much, but really it was, it was a revelation I received in my bedroom on my hands and knees of just the pure love of the father that says, you know, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here chasing you down the rest of your life. And I delight in you and you're my son and there's nothing you can do about it. And I would say that that encounter really sparked a level of freedom that I began to walk in and, and now I've been walking in for the past three years of just pure freedom from any mental battles of any sort of, you know, random spurts of temptation for porn or lust or whatever. And, and, um, really have seen a big transformation in myself as far as anger issues and, and depression and, and shame. Shame has really been the big one. I would say that, that really got conquered by the delight of the Lord and, and the, the delight of the father. But that's, I mean, I could go into so many different avenues of my testimony, but that's it in a nutshell. I think if I think that sums it up pretty good. Yeah. Isaiah, I, before, because you said a few things there that just kind of made my heart leap that I, I would, I want you to share. And um, when you were at the ramp and when you were involved with RSM, can you kind of tell our listeners what was what was one or two of the primary things that you took away from that? Because I, I have a lot of I have, you know, I, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of I have a lot of friendships of different ones that have, you know, gone to conferences and gone to ministry schools. And then when they come home, um, you know, they somewhat struggle to kind of keep those embers burning and to keep them hot. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I've always honored about you, Isaiah, is your life of devotion. Um, and devotion is not something that has to be hard. Um, but no. it's just the simple, consistent, every day, day in and day out. And we underestimate, you know, what we can do. 
with just praying and reading our Bible every day and giving ourselves to community and just how, how much power is in that. So, and I know you could say, obviously I took that away, but is there anything that you would say to maybe, you know, specifically young people, those that are under 25 and 30 years old that are really kind of looking to just burn, you know, outside of that environment, you know, what are some of the things that you, that you were taught or that you feel like you kind of came away with now in Indiana, now you're married, now you have a son and as your life you know, as you got consistent and those and the Lord began to break those things off of your life, it's amazing what happened because purpose came in. I mean, you met the love of yeah. your life and now you guys are married and now you've now you now you have a son. And so it's amazing yeah. how the Lord began to do that as your life and you got intentional with your life. So can would you mind just taking a few minutes and just sharing, um, you know, maybe just what would you say to a person that's looking to say, hey, what can I do, um, practically speaking, and what are some practical things that I can do intentionally to live a life on fire, not just at a service or not just at a conference? And when I come home from those conferences and when I come home from those services, you know, what can I do to keep the fire burning? Yeah, um, I think obviously the the obvious answer is is you know to continue in the in the word to continue in prayer and in devotion and stuff like that in the private place. But also I think a big key for me was just finding a community mm -hmm. of people, not even necessarily just within RSM, but like even your, you and I's relationship to where it's finding that good community mm -hmm. to, to really hook yourself to. Right. Of, of not just, Oh, I know some people at my church, you know, and, or whatever, but to like, no, I, I talk to these people on a consistent basis. Um, we're talking about things we've read and, and, and heard and, uh, have heard right. other people say, and it affected us this way and it's affecting me this way. And, and I think for me, that was a big game changer was, was finding people of like heart, like mindedness. Mm -hmm. And I know that, that's a hard thing to do for people sometimes, but that I think that's where it comes into like, how much does this experience mean to you? Yeah. How much does your encounter mean to you? Like, are you willing to, to forsake some people and also to give up some things in order to find that community? And right. which is, I think sometimes people, um, and I don't mean to go too long on this, but you know, sometimes I think we overlook people just because of denominations, honestly. Sure. And and I found I have found some people even here that have surprised me in the sense of I would have never outside looking in, I would have never guessed that you would have brought this much life to my spiritual to my spirit man. Yeah. You know, just if I was to just purely based off of our all right, you're involved with this denomination. You know, and I think sometimes we overlook that in our own present environments. It's good. But I, I think it's it's there and it's, it's, it's being led by the Holy spirit too, and just of, of how to keep it going. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's good, man. And two, because with you speaking about community, that leads us right into what we wanted to talk about today. So a conversation yeah. that Isaiah and I have on the regular, you know, maybe I'm riding down the road or, you know, and we're just bouncing stuff off of each other is this topic of fathers and sons 
and, and even mothers and daughters as well, and what the kingdom looks like inside of family. You know, the kingdom is not, as Isaiah said, is not denominations. It's not, you know, different races or different backgrounds. You know, obviously heaven is full of all different shapes and sizes and backgrounds and cultures of people. The Bible says that every tribe and every tongue will bow and declare that Jesus is Lord. And so obviously um, when we look at the Bible, God's idea for humanity was family that he God is a family man. He even him dwelling in three persons, all dwelling together in perfect harmony and community. And as what Damon Thompson would say, Isaiah, who's a a person that Isaiah loved to listen to, he, he speaks of a circle dance, which is really just the father, son and spirit. And out of their perfect harmony and love and unity out came you out came me and out came mankind. And mm-hmm. so when God thought of humanity, when he thought of mankind, he, he thought of a family, mothers and sons and fathers and daughters and grandmothers and grandfathers. Therefore, when we look at the book of Genesis, the idea that God, that God had was not necessarily a church in the garden, but it was a family. God did not put a local church of God, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, or Catholic church in the garden to give us an idea for how we were to live and dwell amongst people, but rather he put a man and a woman in the garden who walked and talked with him in the cool of the day. And Isaiah is about to speak to this, but there's two places that we see that we kind of want to highlight today, which is in Joel chapter 2. The prophet Joel speaks and he says that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Also, we know that 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 um, that, that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah to turn yes. the hearts of fathers to sons and sons to fathers um, and the disobedient back to where that belongs. So. Isaiah, you had a thought the other day as you were holding your really still a newborn uh, that I feel like is something that we really want to hit on today. So share that piece that you shared with me over the phone and let's let's really get into this. Yeah, so I'm 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 holding my son um, and I just have worship music on. I'm just kind of praying and just doing some time. Brooke was in the shower, so she was just having some of her time and I was just, you know, watching over dunes. And um, I'm just sitting there and I'm praying and I'm I'm thinking just on the, you know, just the heaviness of today, how if your mind, if you allow your mind to go there, just of all the, oh my gosh, all these problems, there's this and this and so many new things that pop up each and every day. And I'm just kind of thinking on that, just giving it to the Lord, praying for our nation, all this. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking to the father, you know, what is, what is the answer? What is the answer for really our nation, for the, where, where our head? culture is headed and um where we are heading as a people and just you know really just talking to the lord more so of just where's the hope you know just because it yeah. can be so hopeless looking at the circumstances and and especially if you remove yourself from the spirit of the lord but um you know i just i just felt like the lord so clear they just put like the hope is in my arms mm-hmm. you know and not not his arms but like literally the hope is in my arms as in my son Good. And I just began to think just as just as culture has been shaped by a generation that has really had a, a, a negative impact of a lack of fathering. You know, we we today 
see a generation that is one of the most fatherless generations that hasn't been impacted by war. You know, it's not it's not fathers taken from the home because they died in battle. It's fathers that just aren't present. Mm-hmm. And and we've seen that just absolutely just shift the thinking of a generation. And they're just really just looking for affirmation and for acceptance in some form. And they're 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 really they can't find that in the church. You know, they can't find that in in believers and for so many different reasons, but I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, if this is the result, if our culture is the result of absentee fathers, then the hope that we have for the future isn't, isn't, well, by God, I better go stand up on a table and preach as many people as I can, as great as that is. But it's, I need to find people, disciple them, and also focus on the fact that I need to be here for my own ch- children, my own right. physical children. Because if we can get people, and, and this is my prayer even today, like as people listen to this, if, if their heart can shift from, the, the Father doesn't want to call you into ministry. Mm-hmm. He wants to call you into ministry, but He doesn't want to call you into platform ministry. That's not it. Mm-hmm. His call is for you to burn in your house with right. your wife and with your children. And if we do that, then we're going to see a generation that's raised up, Good. that's been fathered by godly fathers. And it will take some time. I mean, obviously, it's going to take some time. But here in 40 years, we're going to start seeing a different shift. Right. Because if, if our generation can say we're not going to we're not going to have absentee fathers and and maybe not even absentee fathers, but absentee spiritually fathers, you know, emotionally that we're absentee. Um, that are present in today's homes and to and especially with believers in today's believing homes of like my focus is going to be for my children and my choices that I make impact them and, you know, my spiritual choices that I make impact them. And, and really that's my greatest hope right now is, is my son and my, in my living room and they're sitting with my wife right now. You know, that's, that's my greatest hope is to know that these are the future. This is the future, you know, of, of our generation, of our, of the upcoming generations of our nation and, He's not going to know a day of, of the, without the love of God, you know, right? like, like that's my goal as a father is he's not going to know. He's not going to know a religious God. He's not going to know a God that hates him. He's not going to know a distant God. He's going to know a present Abba father who loves him endlessly and relentlessly. And, uh, and that's going to shift some things, man. And, and that's Good. my hope. And that's my thought that I had the other day of just like, my hope is our kids, man. And and if we can, if we can get enough people to understand like this fathering thing, the importance of it, that it's not just your important, the most important thing you do, or the most important thing that you have in this earth is not something you do, but it's someone you'll raise. Good. And, um, and I think that's, if we can get grab hold of that instead of this whole, and I, I'm sorry to go so long, but man, no, it's great. Instead of this, instead of this culture that, and I love it, but this whole, this whole self destiny thing, you know, mm-hmm. like I need to find what I'm destined to do. And it's about my calling and my, and my, um, personal destiny mm-hmm. when it's, when it's not your greatest call is your generational legacy. That's and so I good. think really, really the message of personal destiny, as good as it has been and as purposeful as it's given as as it's been to some people, I think it's it's lacked the continuity to continue into another generation beyond 
those people that have grabbed hold of their own personal destiny because that's been everything. That's what they've sacrificed everything for, including their families, unfortunately. And we see that a lot in churches today to where it's like, you know, you have great pastors and great preachers, but it's like, I want to know what kind of people you are with your children. Yeah. You know, I want to know what kind of people you are in your, you know, with the people of your church. And that's what breaks my heart the most is to see people with so much gifting but they don't use that gifting for the people that are closest to them. That's good. And um, So, yeah. Yeah, I think you said so many good things there, Isaiah. Um, we really should probably just end it right there. Um, <laughs> I, I was, it was, really, I was long-winded, man. No, no, not at all. It was good, needed, and necessary, man. I, it was awesome. Um, and, and, we, and we will wrap this up here. With a, we want to get share a couple more thoughts, but, you know um, – couple of things that I thought of as you were sharing is I, I recently um, read something from Bishop Joseph Gallington and he is, I'll butcher it up. But basically what he said was who is a father in the faith um, to this day, Bishop Joseph Garlington has prayed the most powerful prayer of impartation that I have ever received over my life. And is one that I constantly look back on and, uh, and reflect upon some of the things he shared with me in the moment there. But, um, but this is something that he put out the other day that I love. He said, if, if, if my wife cannot validate me, um, as far as who I am outside of ministry at the church and on the platform, then I don't deserve to hold a microphone. Um, wow. and I, and I just think that speaks to what you were saying, because it's, it's almost as if we can flip this switch so easily and people and and it's amazing what we can accomplish in our own gifts and our own talents and our own anointing if you will you know yeah um and then but but you know it's kind of like when the clothes come off and the glitz and the glamour and the makeup gets taken away it's like who are you truly at your heart level um and and it's i don't know how to explain this isaiah but you can feel a person's heart you know the posture of their heart and what they're really yeah. after the Holy Spirit, man, and this is something that you and I were talking about earlier, and you feel free to jump in at any moment here, but we need the Holy Spirit who makes God's fatherhood real to us. Somebody, yeah. the other day, we were at a graduation party, and um, and there were some uh, note cards on the table where we could leave thoughts, um, you know, just thoughts of advice and wisdom as the senior is getting ready to graduate and go off to college. And um, the, just the one thing that I could think of in that moment, just on the spur of the moment, I, 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 this is what I wrote on this card. I said, always, or I said, never forsake your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will be your best friend. And I, and I wrote that on there knowing this, speaking of fatherhood, is if, if we can view the Father rightly, that's half the battle, Isaiah. And yeah. what happens is, is just speaking to what you just shared, what happens is, is because the numbers don't lie. When you look at the statistics, you'll see that over 70 to 80 percent of of Gen Z, you know, growing up under the age of 18, they don't have an active father in their house raising them. So when the political tension, you know, just kind of, you know, came out of nowhere last year and the racial tension that came out of nowhere there was so much fear and anxiety that began to that began to really be exposed. And so now we're seeing buildings burn, yeah. cars, I mean, people attacked and all of this. And what you're seeing is is anger. 
And yeah. father, what fathers do is they help discipline our emotions. And without that discipline of our emotions and that affirmation coming, then when something goes wrong, we just act out. Therefore, we have a lawless society. And yeah. so the, we don't have, you know, a lack of preachers. You know, I've heard this said, you know, the generation, you know, in America's problem, it lies at the foot of the pulpit. That's nonsense. We don't need more preachers. We need more daddies. That's what we need. Yeah. And I and I and I just I can't line up with that way of thinking that says, you know, it all rises and falls. Listen, we need fire baptized, Holy Ghost filled men of God and women of God in our pulpits. Absolutely. But only two percent of people that ever get saved actually hold a microphone and stand behind the pulpit. That's why I love your take on this, man, and what you were saying about in our homes. That's our first and, pr and primary foremost ministry is, is our wife and our children, man, and our, and our families and those that we are discipling. So when, when children and when teenagers grow up with a miscued, impoverished view of their earthly father, that's messed up as it is already because he didn't want them and he didn't love them and he walked out on them. Therefore, because first the natural, then the spiritual, according to Corinthians, when that when that representation of a biological natural father in the flesh is miscued, therefore our thought and our mindset of our heavenly father gets off. Yeah. And it and it gets miscued. And we grow up in that. And therefore, we've got a bunch of orphans running around. Absolutely. Um, and you know, we've not been given the spirit of 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 slavery, but the spirit of adoption as our soul cries out, Abba Father. And so Isaiah, maybe there's and as we wrap. And even just get this, I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, but we, we have that happen, right? And then we have, we wonder why people can't come to our churches and, and they come in and they walk right back out because they see a, not even, not even actually divorced, but they see a divorced church as in we are divided amongst ourselves in the sense of we can't even get to agree on one topic, let alone reach out to our sons and daughters or the lost sons and daughters that are out there. And, and even then they come into a church and, and what are we teaching? We're teaching that, you know, we have an abusive heavenly father for the yeah. most part. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff I heard was, you know, you best, you best have prayed the prayer of salvation every night before you go to bed. Cause if you don't, if you have one bit of sin in you, yeah, Jesus you know, is coming forbid, back and he's going right to snatch hell. you out of here. Yeah. Yeah. You're going right to hell if you accidentally die. Right. And I lived with that fear, like the majority of my childhood, mm -hmm. thinking like if I said a bad word or something like that, because, and that was the view of the father was he was just waiting to condemn me to hell. Right. And, and the view that we give them is, is okay. Wow. So God's just the same as my dad is for me. He's Correct. pissed off with me. He doesn't want anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, you know, and, and I've heard someone term it this way, but we've pretty much preached Abba father as an alcoholic father and Jesus is the good brother that steps in between to take our beating. That's good. And, and we wonder why people come in and they, they're unfazed. They don't want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you can say it's because we're hypocrites or they're, you know, the wishy-washiness of Christians or whatever. But I think the biggest problem is, is, is we, what you said earlier, we haven't allowed the Holy spirit to come in mm -hmm. in a way that screams out, you know, Abba Father. That, oh man! You know that a uh, that 
what pretty much Paul talks about in almost every one of his epistles at some point that allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and, and view the Father as Father in our lives, you know, and I and I think the greatest disservice I was ever given was to think that the Holy Spirit was there to give me tongues. Right. Absolutely. Like, and I don't mean to and that's going to offend some people, but and I don't mean that in any any bad pointing fingers towards any church member that I or leader that I had. But in a way, that's all I was taught. I remember being 10 years old and a guy come in and preach about the Holy Spirit. And the only thing he tried to do is fill us all with tongues. And that was it. Yeah. And speaking, you know, he didn't want to speaking in tongues is not the primary manifestation of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we've taught it that way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As in like here, you're going to get some fire. So that means you're going to speak in tongues. And if you don't have the tongue, then you don't have the fire. Yeah. And I would say that if there was one arena of my spiritual walk that I don't feel like I'm like that great and is like I don't like you know what I'm saying like I've heard people bow off million different types of little shot da da does all along I'm like I got like three syllables you know I, I don't feel that gifted in tongues and I and so there I go I remember thinking at times in my life like writing off that I don't I'm not that in tune with the Holy Spirit because I don't have I don't have a, a pr- plethora of prayer language in the spirit yeah and how, what a disservice that was because here I am get, and really until a couple of years ago, really began to realize, no, I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. because I am in, I am, I'm set after the heart of the father. And because I'm, I'm growing in sonship and in who the father is, then I've been in communion with the Holy Spirit this whole time. And I've not even known it. Yes, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's one of the greatest disservices I was ever, ever given in the church was to think that Holy Spirit was just here to make me bilingual mm-hmm. and to give me power, which is both what he does. But I don't. I think the Bible preaches more that he was there to teach us that we're not we're not orphans anymore Correct. rather than just to make us bilingual. And I think that's clear through Paul's teachings. And. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could go on about that, but I think I think that's a big problem is we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and and teach us about the father and. Um, and because of that, we've had a generation that is fatherless. They come in and they see a fatherless church mm-hmm. and they don't want anything to do with it because it reminds them of home. It reminds them of mom and dad who can't get along. And we got the Baptist church and the Pentecost church and they can't get along. So why do I want to be a believer? Why do I want to be a part of this? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, man. I, absolutely. Isaiah, what would you what would be your final thoughts that you would like to share with Maybe there's a millennial on here. Maybe there, and you know, maybe you're older. Maybe you're younger. Whatever stage and age of life that you find yourself in today, and maybe you don't have that father. Maybe you don't have that mentor. Maybe you don't have any mentors or leaders in your life. You know, you kind of just have the man that preaches to you on Sunday morning, but you're not being actively discipled and loved and fathered on, on a consistent basis. Um, you know, and I think there is a period of time where we just, we burn alone and then as, yeah. and as we kind of pursue this thing, it tends to, it tends to come and the Lord knows what we need. That's, that's what's so great. Um, you know, is, is he knows exactly what we need when we need it. And so what, what would kind of be your final thoughts to that group of people? Maybe they're just, they would really like to have strong leadership in their life and, and they really would like to be discipled, but it's just not really happened for them what would your encouragement be to them? And maybe what are some practical steps that they can take, you know, to maybe to maybe find that mentor? You know, maybe you have to seek it out or maybe the Lord drops it in your lap. You know, I don't know how that works even. Or, 
you know, I mean, I know how, how, some, how somewhat how it's happened for me, but Isaiah, what would you say to, to that group of people? I would say, and I, and I've said this to, I've literally said this to people before. I would, I would say the Lord is jealous to fill that role. Yeah. And, and you could look at it as like, man, he screwed me. I don't have, you know, I don't have a good spiritual father and, and whatnot. And man, I've, I've been in that boat to where it's like, I've longed for spiritual fathers and, you know, and I've had them in seasons and I, I would say I have, I have one in, in a man who's a part of Casey Doss's church, Tom Winded, you know, and I have it to where I can pick up the phone and call him and he is, he is there for me, man. But even before that, it was like I had that longing. I wanted it. Like I, I didn't have leaders that did that kind of thing. But it was in his goodness that I didn't have it in the way that I thought I needed it so that he could fill the role of the father for me. Good. Because if you if you don't allow the father himself, you know, Abba the father himself to fill that role, then if there ever would become a time where you lose your spiritual father or something drives the two of you apart, then so goes your faith. Mm-hmm. So goes your relationship with the Lord, because if you're de- that dependent upon another person and it's great to have spiritual fathers, I'm all for it. That's what this is all about. But I would say first step first, it's important to allow the father himself to be that, to yeah. fill that in you. Yes. And because if he, if you allow him to do that, then you'll be led to the person um, that will best mirror that, that will best, and then allows you to choose wisely, in my opinion, of, of not just allowing just any person to come in and speak to your life. But it's, it's, it allows when people do speak, does that line up with who I know Abba Father to be, you know, and it, and it creates a filter really for, for your spiritual fathers to be able to come in and, and to be fathers and to be human and make mistakes and it not be detrimental to your walk or to, to your beliefs. And so that would be really my take is, is a, just let the father wrap his arms around you and, and be that for you. And, and then ask Holy spirit to, to lead you and to lead someone else to you together and to fill that void in and really help guide you in the growth of who you are. But, yes. I don't know if that's a good answer. No, but. no, it's, it's great. It's great. And I'll close by saying this, the Southpaw podcast exists. It, it, it literally exists. And the reason why we created this was to help facilitate passions that people have, you know, was to raise up a left-handed generation. And when we think of that, you know, that, that was a message that was preached years ago at the ramp. Come on, um, man coming out of Judges chapter three, where the Bible says that Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, but God raised up a deliverer by the name of Ehud, who was a a left-handed man, specifically the Bible says, who was from the tribe of Benjamin. And there was a, there was an 18 inch dagger, cubit dagger that he had formed and put under his right thigh, which represented covenant. And when he pulled, he pulled out the dagger, the Bible says that he takes it and he forges it into the big fat belly of King Eglon and Israel had rest in the land for a specific amount of time. And so that was the whole reason why we created this podcast was to help awaken any, and not only just awaken them, but equip them and help facilitate their passions. Because 
if I know one thing about a left-handed generation that is called to burn, that is called to be different, that is called to be, you know, come out from among them and be ye separate and burn. There's nothing wrong with all of that. But the same man that preached that gospel, Isaiah, that, that excuse me, that preached that message out of Judges chapter three back in, you know, 2008, 2010, whenever he first preached it, yeah. you know, that that message has followed me. Even when Pastor John called me out and really gave me my commissioning call into the ministry, it was out of Judges chapter three. But I heard that same man who preached that same message back, you know, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Now I heard him say this that we have yet to see the message of Pentecost and the fire of God meet God's goodness and, and that message of beloved identity. And, and we have not, we're yet to see that marriage in the church, if that makes yeah. sense. And so I think that one of the greatest things that we can do on the South Paul podcast is help you understand that you just can't go shut yourself in a prayer room and in a closet and just say, well, life's going to be okay because I've learned how to fast and pray. Listen, that is awesome. And that's great. And we pray that all of you have, you know, have that type of devotion in your life. But if you don't have people helping you and discipling you and fathering you, you're going to run your head into a brick wall. You know, you, you yeah. have to have people and a family of people to help you walk this stuff out. Because as, as, as we all know, yes, Matthew 6 says, go into your room and shut the door and pray to the God who's in private that rewards you openly in public. Absolutely. But also, we have to live and dwell amongst people. We have to go with the ups and downs of life. And sometimes, man, life just slaps the taste out of your mouth. And it takes a <laughs> father or a mother to look at you and say, get up. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. And God, you're, you're called to too much to stay down. Yeah. And so th this, this is what the South Paul podcast is all about, man. So as we close this, Isaiah, why don't you just pray for our listeners and those that are listening and just pray that the love of the Father, man, and the, the love of God would be shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. Well, Father, right now, we just thank you for each and every person that's tuned in. And I just pray that for each person that's had that thought of God, I need a, I need a spiritual father. Or I need guidance. I need discipleship. Lord, I just pray that you would send that person. Yes. And, and that their paths would cross. Jesus. And Lord, I just pray also just to every son of God and daughter of God that's listening to this, Lord, that the revelation of the Father's goodness and that you delight in them because, yes. because they're your son and your daughter, mm -hmm. not because of what they can do or because they've done all these good things for you or whatever. Lord, I pray that that revelation that you yep. delight in them no matter what would overwhelm them and fill every void of lack of affirmation from a father or a mother or a spiritual father or a spiritual mother has been missing in their life. Lord, I pray that would fill that void yes, and Lord. give them fresh life in their bones to get up and do another day mm -hmm. to get up and keep moving on until that, that, until the actual human person is brought into their life to help disciple them from you, Lord. I pray that that wind of just you delight in them no matter what yes. would just overwhelm them afresh right now as they listen to this and that they would be encouraged to know that that is what you want for them, yes. that you want a spiritual father for them, that you want a spiritual mother for them, and you don't want them to be alone. 
that you want community form and it's coming and it's on its way. But until then, that you are jealous for that role. You are jealous for that time and for that hole to be filled by you and the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that they'd be overwhelmed with your presence afresh just over this next week. I just yes. prophesy that right now. Over, over the next week, there's somebody listening to this that's just going to feel a utter refreshing from the Holy Spirit like never before. Yes, Lord. And they're just going to get fresh wind to just keep on going. Mm-hmm. And it's hitting you right now. I don't know who that is, but I, I just feel like it's going to hit somebody right now this week. Yes, Lord. And just even just fresh purpose to Father and that that is their role, that that is their greatest calling. You've been wondering what your calling is, where you fit in ministry. And that this is would even be an answer to that, that you're meant to father a generation. Mm-hmm. And and I just pray that that would hit all the people that are listening to this. Just a, that a fresh call to father a generation with fire and passion through yes, the Holy Lord. Spirit and the love of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank amen. you guys so much. Isaiah, thank, thank you, you Sam. brother. Absolutely. Hey. You are listening to episode 15 of the Southpaw Podcast, where we're passionate about awakening a left-handed generation. If you guys would like to find more content or get you know more connected about what's going on with Stantmore Ministries and with Burn Culture, we have our official launch celebration coming up this Saturday. we got Catherine Woo-hoo. Mullins coming in to join us for a time of powerful worship, and Michael Dow is going to be leading us in the word of the Lord, and it's just going to be a time of, of a fresh assignment and stepping into a new day with new vision and fresh purpose and a time of commissioning. And so you can check out burnculture.org. You can go to stantmoreministries.com. You can give there. You can give on either of those sites and just send this man a check. (laughs) Feel feel free to sow into what the Lord is doing as we are building and establishing a kingdom family right here in Tifton, Georgia. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bless you guys.